All right, here we go. So today's daf is daf kuf tes zayin, page one sixteen. All right, daf kuf tes zayin. We are three lines from the top of the page. At the colon, at the two dots. You all got the place. Kuf tes zayin. Here we go. Afal pishen says mitzvah. We said in the Mishnah that. We dip our marar into charoses, even though it is not a mitzvah. Ask the Gemara, I don't understand something. The Eloi mitzvah, mishumai maizilei. If there's no mitzvah to do this, why are we doing this? And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers, Omar Ravami, mishom kappa. Remember the good old kappa? Yeah, that, that uh, dangerous worm that could sit on lettuce. Right, we had different explanations, but that was the main of what cop is. That was the main shot that we stuck with, and therefore, those domits are to bring it. Why are they bringing charaises? So that there's no danger in eating lettuce. Okay, Omar Ravasi, Ravasi says, Kappa de chasa cham. The if you want to get away from the danger of having kappa on lettuce. You should eat radishes. So if you didn't dip it into charosas, and you ate lettuce, which may have had the kappa, what should you do? Eat radishes. Kappa de chama karsi. And also, if there's kappa on radishes, the way to uh, the way to heal yourself is, says the Rashbam, to eat karsi. Remember karsi from Rosh Hashanah, right? Leek. You should eat leek. Kappa de Karsi. What about if you get sick from eating leek? Chamime. Take a hot drink. Kappa de Kulu Chamime. And you should just know the reason why you didn't love to drink hot drinks. A glaze of latte. Yeah? Why? It's good. It's good for one's health. It uh, helps all the creeks, you know? It helps the creeks and the bones. The, I'm surprised it doesn't say chicken soup. And until you get until you get better, until the the hot water, the hot, the glaze of latte takes its effect, you should say kapa kapa. my dear kapa, who's causing me stomach issues and tsaris. I remember you. I remember your seven daughters. And your eight daughter-in-laws. What in the world is going on here? Says the Gemara that... Uh, I'm not... says Gemara. The Mefarshim explain, the commentators explain, that um, uh, apparently the... What's happening is... Um, on that Earlier on, about uh, five days ago, on Daf Kufyud Beis, we discussed that if a, if a um, shade messes with somebody, we should say to the shade that you have better options than me. You have better options than myself. And somehow, uh, by talking to this kappa, which our, exp- our understanding was is not a shade, but you're talking to the illness, you're saying, I'm, I know you, I know your seven daughters, your eight daughters-in-law, meaning there's other things to mess with, don't, uh, you know, don't be messing with me. Okay. Period. 
All right, two dots. Rabbi Lazar Barab Tzadik, Tzadik says that there is an obligation to dip your mar into Haraisa. So according to the Tanakhama, we said there's no mitzvah. The reason why you're dipping into Haraisa is just for health, to make sure you don't get sick from the kappa. But, the, but uh, Rabbi Lazar, the son of Rabbi Tzadik, argues, and he says, no, there is a mitzvah to dip the mar into Haraisa. Says the Gemara, my mitzvah, where? Show me. Show me where it says anywhere to dip your mar into Haraisa. Says Rabbi beautiful. Listen to this. Rablevi Yomar Rablevi says, Zecher letapuach. Charoises, which is cut, the primary ingredient is cut up apples, remembers the apple trees. What's an apple tree? This is, the Medrash tells us that the women who would give birth to six babies at one time would give birth unto the apple trees and the babies would go, they'd be swallowed up into the ground and the Malachim would take care of these babies underneath the apple trees. So we're reminding ourselves of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's chesed. In Mitzrayim, at the time that the babies were being harmed, we're reminding ourselves of the apple tree, the tsarus, as well as the protection. Rabbi Yechanan says, Zecher le tit. This is the more common explanation you hear at people's sadarim, right? Ah, what's with the charosas? It reminds us of the mortar, right? The, the mortar that the Klaiso used to need to make uh, when we would build. So that's the that's what Haraisas uh, is supposed to remind us of. Amr Abai Abai says like this. We gave two reasons for Haraisas. Number one is the apple tree that the babies were born under and protected by. Number two is the it it resembles plaster, right? The the consistency resembles a uh, plaster. Hok Amr Abai Abai says, Hokach therefore. A person should make your charaises like apples, very uh, fruity. And also it should be, um, and it should also, it should also be very thick, like plaster. It should be fruity, like the apple, the taste. That's how a person's charaisa should come out. It should resemble plaster and be a little, be a little fruity to, to taste the apple. Tanik we learned that it's appropriate to add spices to the charaisas uh, to remember the teven, to remember the straw. Well, we'll explain soon how that uh, how that worked out. How the spices are like straw, charaisas zecher letit, and the charaisas itself should look like plaster. Am Reb Lazer Reb Tzadik. Reb Lazer Reb Tzadik says something very interesting. Listen to this. The store owners of Yerushalayim, the store owners back then were the ones who, they, they, they knew what they were talking about, right? They, they were tamidacham, but that went out and earned a living. And this is, on Erev Pesach, this is what they would tell people, Come get tavlin, you must purchase spices in order to fulfill your mitzvah. So you see from over here, the opinion of Rav Lazar Reb Tzadik is correct, that charaisis is a mitzvah. Now is it a mitzvah? Is that what a mitzvah means? Does that mean that it's an, a, a biblical obligation? No. It doesn't mean it's a mitzvah drabana. What it means is, that's what you're supposed to do. Mitzvah means this is the mahalach. This is the approach 
this is what uh, this is what should be done. Period. End of the Gemara. This now brings us on to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says as follows: We're continuing on with the head of the household. We began. Um, we learned yesterday that the head of the household makes kiddush, breaks the matzah. Then we have the karpas. And now we're moving along in the, in the Pesach Seder. Says the Mishnah. We now prepared the second of the four cups. And this is where the questions start. Manishtana. This is where the questions start. And if you don't have a child who's able to ask the Manishtana, either person doesn't have children or there's no children around, Aviv melamdai. So you should try to teach, teach uh, the child. You want to know where the manashtana comes from? This Mishnah. We eat all sorts of vegetables. Tonight don't worry, we're eating more. Yeah, you didn't know this one, huh? Hey, you got a new one for this year. On all other nights of the year, we eat our meat, either roasted or cooked or boiled. Tonight, it's all roasted. Now, why don't we say this? Because this was said at a Pesach Seder in the Beis HaMikdash. When they had a carbon Pesach, this is what they would say. Oh, look, we have a carbon Pesach roasted in front of us and all other nights here. By us, we don't have a roasted piece of meat that we eat, right? So we don't ask that question in the Manishtan. And all other nights we dip once, all right? Now, how do they dip once on all other nights? Because they would just eat one, you know, they would eat a vegetable. They would dip it, I guess, depending on which country. You know, what do people dip into? Nowadays, avocado. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but you dip into avocado, you dip into a uh, uh, cream sauce, you dip your vegetables in, right? Because Baruch tries giving us healthy food, and the Yitzhahara always needs to fatten us up, give us uh, some way to make it unhealthy. Yogurt, we become frozen yogurt, you know, you got you to gotta do what you can to, uh, to, make, to keep the Yitzhahara happy, you know? So all of the nights they would have one vegetable. Tonight, we dip, uh, we dip twice. Lefidaita shalab aviv malamdai. It's very, this is a very, very important rule. A person should run their Seder not based upon how they want to run it. A person should base the Seder based, upon what, based around what the people at the Seder need. Okay? So if I want to say 722 divrei taira, but my kids need to eat, so then say one divar taira, sing a few songs, Eat, and then uh, after everybody goes to bed, tell yourself a bunch of different tires. You know what I mean? Say it to yourself. What it means, according to the abilities of the, of the children at the Pesach Seder, that's what it should be. Maschil Begnos is very interesting. We start out the discussion with the Tzaras in Mitzrayim, um Messiah Bishvach. And we end up talking about the Shvach, the praise, the redemption. The ultimate coming out of Mitzrayim, right? We start out, We were servants of Baruch Mitzrayim. 
we talk about the tsaras, and then we move the story along and talk about how the Akadish Baruch Hu was the one who ended all the tsaras, the Dairesh Me'arami Oived Avi, and we read, we make drashas, as we have in the Haggadah, from the Pasuk of Arami Oived Avi, what Lavan tried to do, Ad Sheyigmar Kol HaParsha until you complete the entire Parsha. Now, what is going on over here is something very, very interesting. And let's talk, let's schmooze. Let's schmooze about this end of the Mishnah. Okay? The Gemara is going to get into uh, more detail for us. We're going to get back to Agadita towards the end of today's daf and going into the next few blot. We'll get back to Agadita. A very interesting thing here. What's this deal with Arami Avedavi? What's this whole story with Lavan? You got to mention from Lavan. Moving along. So if you think about it, there is a theme that comes out of Jewish history. And that is all of the Tsaros necessarily led to the greatest redemptions, starting with Lavan. What did Lavan do? Think about it. Who was Yaakov supposed to marry? Rachel. If things would have gone as planned, how many tribes would there be? Yosef and Benjamin. That's it. That's what we would have. Yosef would be the Bachar. It would have Benjamin. Two Shvatim. Fine. What happened to the other ten? We wouldn't have had him. Lavan's trickery was all part of Akadish Baruch Hu's master plan. It had to happen for the Shvatim to, to, to take place. And keep going in the story as we read through the Agadah. This is a very important idea. And in Bez Hashem, I'm going to share this um, on Monday night. Bez Hashem, we're, we're going to go through different insights into the Agadah for people to share at the, at the Seder table. After Daf, I'm going to be giving a share on, uh, on Zoom to Shul. But you keep going through this. What happens? Because Yosef has his brothers, he's sold down to Mitzrayim. That's how he became the leader of Mitzrayim. That's how we ended up going down to Mitzrayim with Yaakov. That's how we ended up with Yitzhiah's Mitzrayim. That's how we... If everything would have gone as planned, there's no brothers, there's no Yosef going down to Mitzrayim, there's no nothing. Right? That's the way it is. If Achashverosh wouldn't have taken Esther, which was a major tsara, and there's no happy ending for Esther, by the way. There's no happy ending for her. She lived out. People, people don't realize this. After the story of Purim, Gans Kalayasol is dancing in, in the gas. We're dancing in the street. Where's Esther? Living in the palace with a scoundrel who she has no interest in being married to for the rest of her life. She remained married to Ahasuerus. All right, now for Kalayasol, things got great. But for her, there was... The reason why we read from Arami Ibed Avi is because we're noticing that we're, everything starts out with Gnai. Things start out with, what was the word? Gnus. With Tsaras, Umisayim Bishwach. And it all ends up being the way that Hashem wanted it to be, which is like the total, 
as much as Lovin's being held accountable, and we don't like him, and he's a scoundrel, as much as we, we keep kindness against him, but this was a Kaddish Baruch Hu's plan. And this is the theme of the Pesach Seder. This is the theme of this part of the Agadah that we're trying to instill in ourselves and our children, our families, whoever's joining us for the Pesach Seder, primarily ourselves, as to the Hashkacha Pratis, the exact, you know, the, the, the exact needs and the perfection that Kaddish Baruch Hu brings to the world. All right, here we go. Zok the Gemara, the Gemara says, Tanar Baruch the Rabbis, Tanar Soshmi, Chacham B'nai Shayalai. If a person's child is a Chacham, smart enough to ask, so he should ask. If he's not capable of asking, so Ishtai Shayalai. A person's wife should ask the Manashtana. If they're married, so if there's no children there, the wife should ask it, which my father, Zechariah Nebrachah, told me many, many times, he told this to us, that when he, they were learning, in, when my father was learning in Lakewood, my father learned by Rabbi Aaron from 1950 until 1961. And they used to, the Bachram would come back to Yeshiva for the Seder. My father said, Rebetzin Cutler stood up in front of all the, all the whole Yeshiva and would say Manishtan. The Rebetzin would say the Manishtan. He's supposed to say the Manishtan. And she would say it even though, uh, even though there were kids over there. The wife should ask it. The imlav who If the wife can't ask it, if the wife doesn't want to, she's not capable. Then you should ask it to yourself, even though you know the answers. You know why? Beautiful concept. Ready? This is, I'm going to share one idea why. The ability to ask questions is the greatest form of freedom. Servants and slaves don't don't ask me questions. Do what I say. The, if we have the ability to challenge and ask, that is cheros. Even if I know the answer, that's freedom. And therefore, it's important that the entire Haggadah is not just a monologue. The Haggadah is supposed to be given over questions and answers, questions and answers. Even though we do this every year, we know the answers. We know what's going on. The ability to have a sikhsuch, to go back and forth and challenge and ask and inquire is the greatest sign of cheres, the greatest sign of freedom. A few say to me, the You got two to me, the who know Gans, you know, the, all, all, everything about Pesach. Shailan says that they're obligated to ask each other. Okay. Beautiful. Says the next piece of Mishnah. We said, what's the Manishtani? You say, why is this night different? From all other nights, other nights we do once, and on Pesach we do twice. Maskev Rabba. Rabba asks a challenging question. Yeah, is it enough to dip once on all the other nights? What he's asking is, what if I don't like dipping my stuff? Why are we asking on all the other nights I dip once? You know what? When my kids sit there at the Pesach, they say, on all the nights we only dip once. It's not true. They don't dip nothing. They don't, they don't dip anything. The only thing they do is dip in the bathtub. That's the only dip that they're taking. Yeah? They're not dipping their things in food. So what do we mean? Maske for rub, rub, challenging question. It's not true. There's no obligation to dip once in all the other nights of the year. Elam Rav, Rav explains the Shiloh like this. This is how Rav explains the Manishtana. Hachi Ketani. The real Manashtana is, and now we'll know for this year, thank you Hashem, that we're doing this so close to Pesach. On all the other nights of the year, 
were not obligated to dip even once. And on this night of Pesach, we're obligated to dip twice. That's really the question. The way it's said by the children and by ourselves is that all the nights here, we only dip once. No. Zok the Gemara. The question is, on all nights, we're not even oblig- obligated to dip. This night of Pesach, we're obligated to dip twice. Maskele of Safra. Or Safra asks another challenging question. Chiyuva le Dardiki. Yeah. He says, I got another problem. By uh, by the children mentioning something that has to do with obligation, okay? Because kids aren't obligated to do anything, and if the kids are supposed to be the first ones to say the manishtana, they're like the ideal ones, right? Why are they going to say no? The other nights of Pesach were obligated. Not true. You're not obligated to do nothing. You're a kid. Get the kasha. Allah Marav Safra. Sir Safra explains the manishtana differently. He says like this: Zochi Ketani. On all the nights of the year, we only dip in the bathtub. And we don't even dip once. But tonight we dip twice. That's how Rav Safra explains the Manishtan this question. Rav says like this. When we ask, on all the nights of the year, we dip once. And as I said, dip twice. What's Manishtan? What's the difference? According to Rav, it means on all the other nights of the year, we're not obligated to dip even once. And on this night, we're, uh, we're obligated to dip twice. That's Rav's take. Rav Safra's take is, no, here's what the Shaila is. On all the other nights of the year, we don't dip even once. None of us dip. And on this night of Pesach, we're obligated, we're, we're obligated to dip twice. Why are we doing that? Okay. Beautiful. So that explains that question of the Manishtana. Then the Mishnah says, it's important when you tell over the story to start out with the Gnos, the Tsaras, the Messiah Bishvach, and end up with praise. Maschal Gnos, my Bishvach, my Bignos, what does it mean? Gnos, Rav Omar, Metchilo, Ebdei Avaydas, Gilulam, Hayyavaseinu. We're mentioning that in Mitzrayim, not everybody was the biggest Sadiqim. People did worship Avaydazar, Shmuel, Amar, Avadamayinu. Yeah? What's the Gnos? Either the Gnos is that. There were people who worshipped the Vedazar, or the Gnosa is the actual Tsaris of, of servitude, which is how we explain. Omar of Nachman the Daru Abde. Rav Nachman said to Daru his servant, Abde the Mapakle Maris Lecheris. If you have a servant, a slave, whose master let him go, let him go free. Viovle Kaspa the Dava, and he gives him silver. And gold. What does this remind us of? B'nai Yisrael, right? We're slaves in Mitzrayim. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us silver and gold, and he says, go free. My boy, Lemay Marley. What should the servant say to the master? Marley, his servant said, boy, le He would be obligated to thank him and speak his praises. Marley, Sir of Nachman, said to his servant, Pitartan. This back and forth that I just had with you really is the purpose. This question answer session, how are you? Is the purpose of the Manishtana. What I asked you and you responded to me, and therefore, Pasach va'amar avodim ha'yinu, he began by saying, avodim ha'yinu, that we were servants to Paramitzrayim, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out with an outstretched arm, with gold and silver, and this is, where, this is how the Seder now moves along into the parts of Halal as well that we're about to get into um, to, to describe that 
the there were tsaras, and now we need to be grateful for the for the way that Hakadosh Baruch Hu took us out, not only removing us from slavery, but even giving us riches. Next mission, two lines to the bottom of Kuf Tezayin Amaral of Rabbi Gamliel Hayomer. Rabbi Gamliel would say every single year, okay. Call the Rav Shalom Shvadron points out from this expression. He mentions this in Perkei Avos when it says "Hu Hayomer." People translate "Hu Hayomer" as "He used to say." Shalom Shadron says, Hu Drush also means Hu he was Aimer what he said. He exemplified this. It doesn't mean that he used to say only. It also means Hu When I'm quoting this Tana, he was the following words. This is what he lived by. This was like his mantra. Okay? Rabbi Gamliel Haya Aimer means Rabbi Gamliel was these words. He constantly said over these words. It wasn't just once that he said this, all right? And he said that as follows. Kol shaloi omar We should be familiar with, with these words from Nagada. Amud Beis. Anybody who does not say the following three things at the Pesach Seder. He's not fulfilled his obligation of Elohim. Pesach Maror. Pesach Alshom. Why the carbon Because passed over the homes in Mitzrayim. Right? went into all the homes in the Mitzrayim, and he passed over. Um, he uh, he passed over the homes of Klal Yisrael. Matzah. Now we say matzah. Why do we eat matzah? Because this represents the freedom. We were redeemed from Mitzrayim Shnemar by Yoifu as a botzik on our way out of Mitzrayim. We baked the dough that we that were was prepared in Mitzrayim and then taken out. Marar. The Mitzrayim made the lives of Kaiso bitter in Mitzrayim Shnemar by Maru. All right, so according to Rabbi Gamliel, and we pass in this halacha, very important. The halacha is that at minimum, you know, we have a very long Haggadah, we have a long Magid, but at minimum, a person has to say those three things. You have to say Pesach, Matzah, Mar, and you should say what each one represents. Behold, Arvadar in every generation. A person is obligated to view themselves as if they left Mitzrayim, right? A lot of Sephardim have a minug to take their matzah and sling it over their shoulder and walk around the table. We're, we're not supposed to... The Pesach says this is very chashev. Okay? This, this takes contemplation. It doesn't... Just listen to this. We have to... It's not enough to listen. We should contemplate this afterwards. The purpose of the Pesach Seder is not only to remember what happened. We're also obligated to contemplate that we ourselves are leaving Mitzrayim currently. We're supposed to view the miracles as if they're happening to us right now. How do you know that? Where do you see that? Menachem Tendler in Tovshim Payal of 2021 is obligated to sit at his Pesach Seder and envision himself with Maisha Rabbeinu as my leader walking me out of Mitzrayim. Where do you get that from? To use my imagination like that? Says the Gemari, uh, yeah. Says the Mishnah, yeah. 
Shenemar, as it says, Vihigadta Levincha Bayoimahu, he's taught your son on that day. Lamar saying Bavorza Osa Hashem Li. This is what Hashem did for me. I don't understand. I wasn't alive. The answer is we're supposed to view ourselves as if we were alive at that time. And that's the greatest way to appreciate the Yitzhak Basim. I'm envisioning the Mitzram beating me. And then having this whole story to take us out. Therefore, we're obligated to thank Hashem. Lahalel, to praise. Meshabeach, to, uh, to give shvach, another type of praise. Lefoer, pe'er is to exalt. Okay? Leroymeim, that's also exalt, not sure the difference. Lahader, to give respect to. Levarech, to bless. Laale, to raise up. Ulekales, and to call out. Lemisha also laveisenu, to the one who did this for our forefathers, Vilanu, and me, and us. Let's call Anisa Ma'ilu all of these miracles. Okay? These are different ways to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out from servitude to freedom. From Yagain to Simcha. Yagain is Tsaris. Simcha is gladness, which is what we explained with Lavan. The, the Yagain became Simchas. Right? The Tsaris somehow, in Hashem's master plan, became a Yamtif. Right? Uh, uh, freedom. Uh, joyous, who may evil yamte from morning to a, a holiday, who may have fail the argadol, and from darkness the argadol to a tremendous light, who may shibur the gula from servitude to freedom. V'noimar lefonav hallelujah, and we say in front of Hashem because of all these things, we say hallelujah. Okay, that's it's interesting. We're saying hallelujah even on the. Saras and the darkness. On all these things, we're saying in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hallelujah. Thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Praise. That's what Hallel. It's to, to sing and praise Hashem. Arhechan Hu Aimer. Says the Mishnah very interesting. Lefikach is different expressions that we recite when we say Hallel. How much halal do you say, asked the Mishnah? We don't say the whole halal during Magid. So what do you what do we say? You say hallelujah. Okay, that's the very first paragraph. And that because that's right before Yisrael. No, you say through Yisrael. You end off Hallel referring to the Gula, the redemption. You say, Hashem who redeemed us and redeemed our forefathers from Mitzrayim. This, this, by the way, are words that we say right before we drink the second cup of the Dalit Kaisis. Right? We finish that part of Hallel and then we, we make a bracha on the Gula. So you say, you don't finish the bracha. You don't close out 
that bracha. Bekiva Bekiva says, Kein Hashem which we add these words in. So too, Hashem, the God, our God, has got our forefathers, bring us to other Yom Taivim, and Shalom, what Shalom? Completion in the base of Mikdash. Joyous in Yerushalayim. And glad in your Avaida and your service. Ad Baruch Ato Hashem Go Al Yisrael. The blessing of Baruch Ato Hashem Go Al Yisrael wraps up Magid. Okay? That ends the Mishnah. So now we know where we get all these words from. Beautiful. We're going to sit the Pesach Seder. We're going to be reciting all these things. The, all these different types of praises to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're going to end off with this bracha. Where does the bracha stem from? Mishnah Kufta Zayin Mabezim Sachim. Zakti Gemara Amarava, Rava said, Tzarek Shemar Vaisanu Haitzi Misham. A person should also say a pasuk in Devarim, that which says that he took us out of Mitzrayim again to feel like we ourselves are the ones leaving Mitzrayim. Amarava, Rava says, Matzah Tzarek Lagbiya. That, you know, we have Pesach, Matzah, and Mar, right? So Rabbi says, when you say them, when Rabbi Gamil says, you say, Matzah zu, this Matzah that we're baked when we left the time, you should lift up the Matzah. You should hold it up. Okay? Umar Tzarech Lagbiya. And also lift up the Mar. Basar ain't Tzarech Lagbiya. But we don't lift up the Shank bone. You don't lift up the Shank bone. The, the carbon Pesach. And you dafka shouldn't. Because if you do, people might think, oh, what are you doing eating our carbon Pesach in St. Louis? So you don't point to it and lift it up because then people are going to think it's taka the carbon Pesach. So we don't, want, we don't want people to make that mistake. But the matzah and more you can. Now I can just tell you, at, at uh, the Pesach Seder in my, in my home, my father's according to the bracha, would lift the cover of the matzah. He wouldn't actually uh, hold it up in the air. Because the main thing is, is that you're, you're showing. You're pointing to it and that people can see it. It doesn't have to be that you pick up a piece of lettuce per se. It just means that it has to be seen and pointed and show it to the members of the Seder that uh, that suffices. Amr Yaakov says, very interesting, Gemara, what happens if somebody's blind? Suma does not have to uh, recite the Haggadah. Ah, Gvald. Why? Because it says, why are we reciting the Haggadah? So I left this out. I didn't say this. It's like, it's called Iker Chasim and Asefer. The main thing's missing. Why are we reciting the Haggadah in the first place? Because one of the biblical commandments that takes place at the Pesach Seder is there's two. Eating matzah, sipur yitzias mitzrayim, and telling over the story of mitzrayim. A blind person is not obligated in telling over the story of mitzrayim, and therefore he doesn't have to say magid. How do you know that? Because it says, bavorze, we tell our children, or people joining us at the Seder, we say bavorze, it's because of ze. That Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. B'neinu zeh. Ma'alam prat l'suma. Afkan prat l'suma. What's going on here? So there's a very interesting 
piece of Chumash that we're probably familiar with called the Ben Sora Romore. When somebody has a rebellious child, right? A kid by the age of 13, he steals money from the parents, uh, right? They eat a certain amount of meat and wine in a certain amount of time. So the parents go to Bez and they say, oh, Benenu Zeh, this child is messed up. Okay? The halacha is that a blind parent cannot bring their child as a Ben Sairumayr. Since there's the word Zeh, which excludes a blind person. So when we say in Mitzrayim, it's called Xerashava. When we say that we tell our children about Vor Zeh, since Zeh didn't apply to a blind person by Ben Sarimar, it's not going to apply to a blind person by the obligation of a of a Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And since you're not obligated to Sipur Yitzhak Mitzrayim, you don't got to do the whole market. Says the Gemara, whoa, 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 whoa. Not so fast. Ini, it's not true, says the Gemara. Why? Omar Marimar. Marimar says, Shaltinu Rabbana, the Rabbana of the Bereb Yosef. I asked the Rabbana of Bereb Yosef's yeshiva, Man the Omar Agarta Bereb Yosef, who was the one who said over, who, who would lead the Haggadah in Bereb Yosef's house? Omar Bereb Yosef, they said Bereb Yosef. Man the Omar Agarta Bereb Sheshes, who recited Haggadah in Bereb Sheshes' home? Omar the Bereb Sheshes. Yeah, now it's well known that Bereb Yosef and Bereb Sheshes were both blind. So how can you tell me that blind people are not obligated in Haggadah if the ones who led the Haggadah at the Seder were Rabbi Yosef who was blind and Rabbi Sheshus who was blind? Tomorrow says, Kasavi Rabbanon, Matzah Bizman Azed, Rabbanon. Anyways, that we're not, we don't have a carbon Pesach, so Matzah is only Midr Rabbanon. And the same way, everybody else only is only uh, obligated Midr Rabbanon, both Rabbi Yosef and, and uh, Rabbi Sheshus. They can also do it because they're not high of midaraisa. Nobody's high of midaraisa, and since nobody's high of midaraisa, so they're allowed to lead. It says Gemara. What do you mean? Machal derbach b'riyakov sever matzav b'zman azeh deraisa, or rabach b'riyakov who d'amar d'amar matzav b'zman azeh derabbanan. This seems to imply rabach b'riyakov who's arguing holds that it's deraisa, but we know that he holds that matzav b'zman azeh is only midrabbanan, which is we're going to get into this a little bit later on. This machleka. So just let's hold our horses on this. This discussion about matzah being the rabbanon the raisa the sugi is a little bit later and, and uh, we'll get to it in two days. Mr. Shem. The Gemara says, "Yeah, you're right, but still, even if it's the rabbanon, Kasavar called the tikkun rabbanon came the raisa tikkun. He holds that whenever the rabbanon when the rabbanon established this mitzvah, they established it to be like the de'ay raisa. Okay, it should be like the raisa, and therefore the same way the raisa Rav Sheshes and Rav Yosef were not obligated because they're blind." So even when the Rabbanah came along and established it, the Rabbanah and Rabbanah were not even obligated to meet the Rabban. Okay. So Gemara says, the Rabbanah or Rabbanah Nami, Habad, they called Tikkun Rabbanah, came to Raisa Tikkun. They would agree with that concept, that when the Rabbanah make a decree, it's going to be just like the, the Raisa and not more strict. There's the Gemara says, no, Ashta, you, uh, you can't compare um, the halacha of a Ben Sairu Mariah to the halacha of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, why not? It makes sense by Ben Sairu that the parents can't say Benenu Zed, this kid. Why not? The Torah says, the Torah could have written Benenu um, Hu. He is our kid. Why does the Torah Benenu Zed? This one, 
So it has to be somebody who you can see and say this. So that excludes blind, uh, a blind parent. But over here, by Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, if we wouldn't use the word Zeh, my lichtav, what else would you want have wanted us to write? Bavur who? On account of him? No, Bavur Zeh. On account of this. So the word Zeh is a lot more Svaradik, is a lot more logical to, uh, uh, to use. Now, what's going on over here is, as I'm going to hold it here for today, but what's going on over here is the following. What's the discussion at the end? The background of it. This is very, very Choshev, and this is, the, uh, let's talk about in, in general in Shas. There are 13 principles that the Torah is permitted to be darshaned with. A Kavachaymer and a Shava are the first two. What's a Shava? So Gzeir Shava is as follows. If I find a word by one place in the Torah, and I find that same word in another place in the Torah, and there's a tradition connecting the two halachos, so I could say, oh, it says the word Zeh by Ben Soromor, and it says the word Zeh over here, make a, make a connection. Now, there's a rule to how Gzeir Shava works. You cannot make a Gzeir Shava if both of those words are needed already, if the word zeh is necessary to be written by the Ben Sora Remora, and it's necessary to be written by the carbon by, by the story of, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, you can't make Xerashava, even though it's the same word. You can't make Xerashava if those words are necessary. Otherwise, you can, there are so many times the Torah just uses a Hebrew word in one place, another place, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a shaykhist. In order for there to be a shaykhist, a connection through a Gzereshava, it has to be that the words are not, the words of the Gzereshava are not necessary. So says the Gemara like this. When parents bring their kid as a Ben Sorer Amor, as a wayward kid, and they come to Bez and they say, this kid did this. Did the Torah need to use the word Zeh? No. The parents could have said him. He did this. Since it could have said who, he did this. And instead it used the word Zeh. So the word Zeh can now be used as a Xerishav. Okay? Now what about the other side of it? The Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Says the Gemara, that Zeh is not extra. Seder? And since that zeh is not extra, it's possible to say that by ben Sorumora the word zeh means to exclude a blind parent. But by Mitzrayim, where it needed to say zeh, we're not excluding a blind person, and a blind person would taka bichayev just like everybody else, because the word isn't extra. It's, this whole discussion is based around, you have to understand how gzeh is work. All right, we'll hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful night. As Hashem, tomorrow night, same time. Hopefully, different place will be in Jerusalem. Ah, get the nacht.